BMF is off to a rocking start, but it's pretty rough for Meech in the ATL. It's one thing to have your distro, but you also got to have your connection to all the other folks that's going to be in the pipeline. He done lost that already. Marquisha survived, but for how long? The Flannery parents are about to break up. We're going to discuss that and so much more in this review. BMF season three, episode one. It starts right now. I'm up early for the dealers come out. Everybody is outside till the killers come out. You ain't eating, you just act full. I'm impactful. Dozen funerals in a month. I got that full. I will give it to niggas in all rap forms. Ignatius out right now on all platforms. What's good, y'all? It's your boy Lamont Tyson in the building representing the Lamont Tyson Life Games YouTube channel. Life Gains on TikTok, Life Gains on IG, and you can download the Life Gains podcast as well. Show that we love, BMF, has come back, and it's been rising to the occasion, and we're going to break down everything we need to know in this first episode. But before we go, ladies and gentlemen, it is equally as important that we show credit to the people behind the scenes. And I'm always pointing this out about the people that do the score, the music people that do makeup, wardrobe, but we would be remiss if we don't talk about the writers and the creator. This show was created by Randy Huggins and the writer for episode one is Heather Zolke. And if I butchered your name, Heather, please don't charge it to my heart. Hit me on IG so that I can fix the last name. But Heather, ladies and gentlemen, she's a writer. She wrote this great, great episode. And we always tend to overlook the sacrifices the writers make. Now, remember, they just went to strike so that they can do this for us. And for those of y'all that seen Tyler Perry, Mia Copas, you ain't got to worry about no Mia Copas in the writings of BMF because this shit is fire. Let's dive in. We start out in 2007, ladies and gentlemen. The brothers is arrested. Brother Meat say he's going to take the plea, even though they ain't got nothing on him. And Tia's like, hell no, don't do that. And Meech is like, look, I don't want the family to see us go to jail for life. And T is being as, as stubborn as possible. You know, he's as stubborn as $2 leather. He wants to go the whole way and just fight this thing out in trial. When, Ladies and gentlemen, as big as these guys was, we know the end story. And so we'll come back to that in a minute. And then we get on to the openings where Markeisha was shot last season by Saint by way of Boone. And she's in here struggling for her life, ladies and gentlemen, played by the lovely Alani Lala Anthony. And we get to the hospital, and guess what? She has survived. But (laughs) Terry got some problems on his hands. LaWanda done popped up in here and heard the name Markeisha and got plenty of jokes about He's sleeping with an old-ass woman, and she's a house wrecker. And guess what? The mama didn't even know that the chick was married. So the mama's like, oh, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I saw that. like, And then she's going to interject jokes on the daddy and say, like, father, like son, when it comes to stepping out. But what really touched my heart was Nikki. Nikki has been through a lot. This little girl has seen so much with these boys and what they've been going through. And... Nikki just want her family. She just want to be chilled out. She just want her family. And she's showing how much she's worried and concerned about Meech being gone and T up here in some mess. And 
I love how they keep bringing Nikki more and more into the story, and I can't wait to see what they do with her this season. Meech is in Atlanta, ladies and gentlemen, building his organization, and his first stop is his reference, the big dog played by Neo that was referenced by Goldie from last season played by Monique. And I love Neo in this role. I hope we get more of him because he played the hell out of this role. And basically, Meech is saying, hook me up. You know, I need to get my money washed. I heard you got the places that can do that. Neo was like, fuck that, pay me. I'm going to need 15K. And in the end, you know, Meech is like, okay, you know, I'm going to do it. Big Dog letting them know that I'm all you got. You're going to need me. But at the same time, Big Dog likes to have a good life. And they're going to get ready to roll over to the Platinum Palace in a minute. And we'll talk about that in a second. Meech steps out and he gets a phone call about T and T bugging out about the shooting of Markeisha. And the crew called Meech to let him know the crew back in Detroit. It's just like, look, man, your brother bugging out. Um, he feels like he got to get on these streets, make a name for himself. And Meech is telling them, do not let my brother do nothing. OK, I'm going to protect my brother. And then Terry took the phone. Y'all with the Terry took the phone from them and basically told them dudes, look, you're either my right hand or you're Meech's right hand. And right now, Terry ain't thinking clearly. Clearly, he's not thinking clearly. Meech is trying to do the best job he can to keep him away from trouble because they don't need no more trouble as they're trying to build this empire. And we'll get to that in a minute, but some more things transpired that we liked. It came in the favor of those of us who were in support of Meech and Terry. Then Big Dog wound up taking... Meech to meet his crew in the Platinum Palace and tells this man, look, I got a whole lot of exotic girls here. Now, my chocolate women out there, forgive these idiots from way back in the day that thought light skin and quote unquote good hair was the thing. It never has been a thing. You chocolate women are as fine as they come. There's no skin tone that looks better than that dark chocolate skin you women got. But they was young and this was back in the day. They get in here, they meet the crew, and guess who we see in here? Fake-ass Booker T from WWE. My main man, Remy, is up in this piece. And Meech sees him. The rest of the crew see him. Meech pull no punches, goes over there and decks that ass, basically making a statement to these cats that, look, I'm down for y'all. Whatever you do, I got your back. I know I'm new here, but I'm going to go and handle this business with this clown that I know is a known big-time dealer in the area. I don't care who he is. Detroit for life. 313 versus everybody. That's what Meech did. And after they handled that fight, they get on back to the crib, and Meech is learning about Stax, who was Todd's brother. And they kind of having a dick slinging contest too because Meech got to have stacks as a distro because stacks got his boys on these streets. Um, he can make things very easy for Meech organization, but right now stacks is not feeling Meech. And y'all know who my man is. Welcome him to the show. He's not feeling Meech. He think Meech is all talk and no game, but he'll learn. He's going to learn. Meech is about that thing, ladies and gentlemen. He didn't come from Detroit for nothing. Then we get in here. Markeisha is wide awake, ladies and gentlemen. She's wide awake, and she's talking. And T is telling her, I got to go get vengeance for what these clowns did to you. 
And she's like, oh, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. No, no, I love you. I don't want no more stuff. And T understands that now that he's handling Detroit, he, want the, he wants to earn people's respect through fear. Now, what have we learned, ladies and gentlemen, most of the time, it's better to earn respect via respect and not fear. But T is trying to go out with fear. And we saw how this played out. And it didn't happen that way. And as I get to that section, we'll discuss how it played out. Then we get to this lovely scene right here. <laughs> Papa Flannery, he does not want out of this house. No, no way, no how do Papa Flannery want out of this house. And here's the problem with that. Mama Flannery is done. She wants that divorce. Mama Flannery said, anytime I lay next to you, I think about your parent more. And boy, did y'all see his chin drop to the flow? Like somebody dropping down, getting their eagle on, his chin dropped to the flow. And she told, he's like, look, it's my house. You can't kick me out of the house. But she's like, damn it, you're going to get out of this bedroom. The couch looked mighty good. And we seen their couch, and that couch don't look like it's good for nothing. Definitely not sleeping on it. Post your comments. Let me know how you feel about this breakup. Sometimes I think that when you have these situations, you can go to counseling. But at where she's at right now, it ain't going to work. Maybe somehow it'll work out. But we know the real story. But this story is deviating from the truth. So maybe they'll work it out. Because I love these two actors playing these characters. And then, ladies and gentlemen, let us take a trip to the tech wood. This was a real deal project in Atlanta. And they gave us the beautiful sequence of how they was getting ready to gentrify this whole thing because... The fucking Olympics was coming. Tear them down. We don't care where the people go because the Olympics was coming. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? I looked it up. It was 100% true. You see, yes, the Techwood Homes, which was part of the Atlanta housing projects, was largely demolished in the mid-1990s as part of the city's preparation for the 1996 Summer Olympics. Techwood Homes, established in 1936, was the first public housing project in the United States. Eventually, they knocked that shit down, and now it's called Centennial Place. So this was like one of the first housing projects in all the United States. Probably generations of families had grown up there. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Remy is the hood hero for these people. So this story and this writer has already painted this guy in a more likable manner. Which means I, that tells me that by the end of this season, we might like him. He's out here. In the beginning, it looks like he's giving bags of drugs to the kids. But we later find out that's not what he's giving the kids. He's legitimately giving the kids food. He's paying for funerals. He's paying for sports events. He's doing all that. And then we see these guys that look like they might be a rival gang pop up. And beat the hell out of Remy, come to find out they the fucking red dogs. And what is the red dogs? It was an undercover police force that used any means necessary to handle their business. And guess what it stood for? Run every drug dealer out of Georgia. And the captain of that police force goes up to a little kid and says, Be careful who your heroes are. And I'm looking at him like, dude, you got some nerve with your immoral self in here doing things that are not civic to these drug dealers 
but you're telling the kids to watch their heroes as if the drug dealer is bad, but what you're doing with police brutality, beating the hell out of Negroes ain't. So who's supposed to be the kid hero? You? You guys make that decision yourself. Then we get on to my girl. Yes, yes, yes. Who has been demoted thanks to Coach Cop, Detective Bryant. And everything that happened with him with the gun and the case, they have been, she's been demoted, ladies and gentlemen, from the task force. And she's being investigated like she had something to do with something when she didn't. And basically, his son, my people, is in jail. Coach Cop's son is in jail for the situation that happened last season. And now he's worried that the boy is going to be thrown in juvie. And he's definitely not the kind of kid that need to be in juvenile homes. My girl tell him, you'll figure it out. And most of the time, people, Coach, Coach Cop, Detective Brian, has proven to be extremely resilient. And we know he's going to figure it out. It's just a matter of how. And then something happened in this episode that makes you question her ethics. Is she going to get involved to try to help Coach Cop or set somebody up? Post your comments. You guys know what I'm talking about, and we'll get there in a minute. We get back to T as he's trying to get his organization under control and establish. Everybody is still kind of sort of behind his back, calling Meech, answering Meech. But he has a good conversation with his man, and he's like, look, I want you to do something for me. I want you to find Saint so that I can take him out. And they also discuss how K-9 has not snitched on them and probably ain't going to snitch. And they took his plug and he still ain't snitched. Homeboy basically gives T a speech letting him know, look, boy, you a boss. You ain't supposed to be getting your hands dirty. And T is still kind of making rookie, or I should say emotional decisions because he's still mad about what happened with Markeisha. So I think anyone who loses a family member, you're probably going to make irrational decisions in the moment because emotions, when they run high, it, it takes away your logic. And that's what T is going through. But thank goodness his brother is looking out for him from afar. We get introduced to a new character, my people. We get introduced to a new character, Detective Emerson, whose dad is on the city council. She comes in there. And our girl, Detective, is letting her know you entitled people. And then Detective Emerson shoves it right down her throat and say, you know, um, calls her entitled while Detective is saying that she's a benefit of nepotism. And Detective Emerson had to let her know, look, I might have had resources, but I ain't use them. I'm here because I want to be here. I want to be on the right side of the law and protect people and serve the people. And I thought this is going to be a great team up. You got two super powered women, powerful women, powerful mindsets, powerful egos. They're going to solve shit that men can't get done. And speaking of a man, <laughs> this opportunist ass guy comes in here sounding like Freddie Jackson. You are my ladies. He looking at these women like he could get. They could be a sandwich and he could get his ass right in between with that ugly ass suit on, looking like George Jefferson, taller brother. Anyway, he lets them know that, look, I'm working the case with K-9, but I want you guys to go talk to Markeisha. See what she know about Saint. And my homegirl is not feeling it, but you know what? She's going to do it anyway. And she's going to handle that business. Don't worry. She's going to handle her business. These two together, I'm feeling magic. 
Post your comments. Let me know what you think about these two. And then this was funny because the daddy is like still up. The daddy's got a lot on his plate, y'all. Daddy is dealing with mom wanting to get this divorce. And then Meech has the audacity to send flowers and food up here in the midst of what's going on. And this was a rough day for mom. Mom had been working her ass off at that Wendy's drive-thru. And dad walks little buddy to the door and say, give me that damn key. Don't you ever come back in here. This is my house. Now, mom is in a different place now. She know what Meech doing for money. And back in the day, she wouldn't have took no flowers, no food, no nothing. And right now she's saying, ah, fuck it. I'm going to take them high dollar steaks and these flowers. Let me put this in some water. We see the kindness in Meech. Because when Meech came to Atlanta, he took a lot of rappers under his wing and helped fund their cause till they made it big. And we got a guy right here who's dealing in the streets but can rap. And Meech is telling him, look, bro, as soon as this career take off, you got to get out these streets. It ain't no telling how many people Big Meech saved, for real. Like, he took the blow because Big Meech really wasn't about that killing life as much as he was about we can unite through money. And he's giving some great advice to this young man. Like, look, bro, hurry up and get your ass out these streets. We said Meech had a problem with stacks. Well, Meech done figured out the problem with stacks. His bricks done got here. And instead of charging stacks the 30 G's that he normally charged, he's giving stacks the homeboy discount 25. Now, people, the way they put camera angles on stacks, I don't know if we should trust stacks. I got a feeling sometime this season, stacks is going to turn on us. Post your comments and let me know. But for right now, Stacks is good. He's getting this discount and he's feeling really, really good about the possibilities of this merger with Meech. Then we get introduced to Mr. Dice Game, who is the person that's going to be distributing this stuff all across the interstates for Meech. And what was important to this for me was us getting an understanding of what Remy has been through, which again makes me think by the end of this season, we're going to like Remy and not hate him. But Remy's brother was the victim of those Atlanta child murders, got dismembered, disbodied. And so he's got deep roots in this hood in Atlanta, and he's already a hood hero in town. The more I watched this episode, the more I thought that Meech would try to team up with Remy early on, but he didn't. But I think they threw a barrier, the writer threw a barrier in this episode that will make him team up with Remy sooner or later. So the new Cagney and Lacey, they did show up, the black and white version, did show up to have a conversation with Markeisha. They basically is like, give up, Saint. And she's like, if y'all had anything on me, you wouldn't be here, right? But then Detective Emerson, <laughs> she got a little nasty. She said, is that T. Flannery Dick so good that you're going to stay quiet? And Markeisha looked her in the face like this and said, every inch I can get. <laughs> and this was the face <laughs> Detective Emerson gave her cut. <laughs> Boy, y'all a mess on this show, man. Y'all is a mess on this show. Well, Markeisha ain't talking. <laughs> Dimitri, I mean, um, um, Meech winds up calling his homeboy, telling him, look, man, 
I don't give a damn what my brother say. You got to protect the family. Do not let him go do something stupid and shoot Saint. And everybody's got Meech back. And then we get the conversation where little buddy is talking to T. And he's like, look, T, I'm going to handle your business in these streets. Fuck what the streets saying. Let me handle the business. We can lie and say you did it and nobody will know. And they went with that plan. And I thought that was a good plan. You the boss, man. Keep your hands clean. Bryant's son is being transferred to juvenile. And I wonder why. Is somebody trying to punish Bryant from the inside? Y'all let me know. And he comes and gives his son a speech about what it's going to be like in juvie. And Kevin is not cut out for this, y'all. Not one bit. He takes my man. He, he Look, Kevin about to have a mental breakdown. And you took the one thing from him that he would need to get through it. Kevin is drawing art. He's making comic books, and you took that away from him, and then you gave him a pep talk about don't lift up the soap, don't don't cry. All Look, you got to get a man something to go with, and you took it away from him. Post your comments and let me know how you think that's going to go. This was definitely not the welcome home surprise we thought Marquisha was going to get. <laughs> T done bought a house, but they need somewhere to stay right now. And he done brought Markeisha here while LaWanda is there. And LaWanda is still giving Markeisha the business. Shiesty. And T just had to say, look, man, stop this. Calm down. You know, I'm, I'm leaving. I got me a crib. I'm going to be going. And Nikki thought she was going to get the house. I mean, get the room. And Mama Flannery said, no, your daddy going to get it. But I thought it was a telling story that even though Mama Flannery has grandchildren with LaWanda, she still took in Markeisha, and that's how Big Mamas used to do, y'all. Big Mamas used to do it like that. And then we get to this scene that was chaotic. Talk about a violent intro to the Miami Killers. They call them the MKs. Oh, 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 oh. Look, the MKs trying to take over Tech with turf. I think he lost ammo. Come on, we can't need a bag. Come on, let's go. Go, go, go. Yeah, talk about violence, man. So you, you've got the MKs, you've got Remy and his crew, then you got Glock and his crew. And Meech had to go out here and show that, hey, I, I, ain't no, I ain't no sucker on these streets. But that was a very violent introduction to the MKs. And so we got all these people that's battling right now, trying to get their hands on tech wood to do their drugs. And this is going to be a hard ride for Meech this season. Cagney and Lacey, the black and white, ver the, the excuse me, the oriental and black version, they go find... Saint dead as a nail in a coffin. But she sends Detective Emerson out the room and she sees the bricks and she grabs like three or four of them. She's a good cop. What the hell is she about to do with them bricks? Like I said, I think this has something to do with her trying to set up someone, probably that boss of hers that she don't like. She must know something about him we don't know. Or somehow, some way, she's going to try to help Coach Bryant set up the Flannery boys. Because this is not a bad cop. She's a great cop. I love her character on this show. 
And I can't wait to see what is her plan with them drugs. Meech is giving out his grand plan. He is going to orchestrate a way to take out Remy by calling a meeting with Glock and the MKs. Meech has always been a tactician, a strategist. He plays chess, not checkers. He see the whole board every time. And I love this. And he's also got his crew in here, Diesel and them talking about, oh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. You're damn right. Me just trying to unite people through the money, not through violence. And then we get Meech on the phone with his brother, just talking about the vision he's seeing. God gave him a vision. And that vision was these beautiful interstates. <laughs> can't make this stuff up. God gave him a vision of how they can run the whole United States through Atlanta by the beautiful highway system. And he's happy that his brother had his problem with Saint Handel without him having to get his hands dirty. Meech is going to the club to handle his business and Glock's crew will not let his ass through. And Meech had a whole lot of mouth for them. And I'm sure Meech is going to pick off one or two of them before the season's over with. But then, ladies and gentlemen, we get to this shit at the bitter end. Fuck y'all got going on? You ain't welcome down south. We can go back up north and shovel snow. We send your ass back in body bags. Come try, nigga. Pussy ass. Hey, let go, man. They done took out Dice. And this was Meech's connection to all Texas, California, Toronto, Mexico. They done took him out. And now Meech is going to have to find a way to handle that business. Ladies and gentlemen, all that segment did was further make me think that Remy and Meech is going to have to team up. I think that there's going to be a bigger problem and Meech and him are going to be forced to team up. And Meech is going to get this dude on his side. Meech is a hood hero where he come from. Real recognize real. And I can see Meech wanting to help this guy, but right now he's a fly in the ointment, a thorn in his side. He done took out his man that was going to distribute his drugs all across the United States. And I think the best way to deal with someone like this is to offer him honey. And I think Meech will wind up doing that. So ladies and gentlemen, that is my review. Hell of a good review. I mean, hell of a good episode. Shout out to Heather Kalitsky, who wrote this great episode. Be sure to follow me for my trailer breakdown where I try to predict what's going to happen on the next episode. And that's going to do it for this video. Don't forget to like the video, comment, subscribe, get that life game. Be sure to download my podcast. My reviews go up there. Follow me on Twitter if you got questions, comments, or you want to DM me, send me a message. And also go check me out on the TikTok at LifeGains1. And until that next sex is hell video, I'm out.